Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Seth Williams. Hi, Seth. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Doing well. And Seth is based in Grand Rapids, Michigan, close to where I was born, as we were talking about earlier before we started recording, in Flint, Michigan. And um, Seth's focus, his main line of business, is actually buying and selling vacant land. So he's a land flipper. And I have never had a land flipper on the show before. So this is going to be really cool and informative. Yeah. Um, a little bit more about Seth and his background before he gets into it in more detail. All of his investing has been done part-time. He's the founder of a very popular blog called retipster.com. It's a real estate investing blog for part-time investors. He has nearly 10 years of experience as a commercial real estate banker, and he's closed on hundreds of transactions. And lastly, like I mentioned he his main line of business is buying and selling vacant land. He's done over a hundred hundred of those deals in Michigan, Alabama, and, and all across the country. So, Seth, with that being said, can you tell the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and how you got on into the business, and then what you're focused on now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I first got into real estate investing um, probably about six or seven years ago now is when I really started pursuing it big time. Um, and like a lot of people, um, when I was first trying to figure it out and find deals, I mean, the only place that I was ever looking to find properties at a good price was on the MLS. And I mean, maybe you've had this kind of experience too, maybe some listeners have, but I know the problem that I was consistently having is that, you know, I'd take these properties, I'd take the asking price, I'd, I'd plug in the numbers and like the deals just never worked. I mean, it was just, it was really, really difficult to find, you know, a rental property that would cash flow. It's like no matter what I did, even if I were to offer way less than their asking price, it just never made sense. And I was just thinking, like, how does anybody do this? Like, how does this really work? Because I, I, you know, I mean, I knew there were people out there who made millions of real estate, and I just, I couldn't figure out where they were finding their properties from. And, um, it was about 2008 when I, I learned about a technique um, where essentially you can uh, go to your county treasurer and get a delinquent tax list, which is basically just a list of everybody in the county that is currently delinquent on their property taxes. And what you can do is you can send out a direct mail campaign to these people and you know they will respond if they want to sell their property. Um, and I guess the, 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 the cool thing about this list is that Usually, if somebody has delinquent taxes and if they're on this list, it means something. It usually means you know they don't care about their property, they can't afford their property, they don't want it. For one reason or another, they, they, have, they have reason to get rid of this thing and sell it for a very cheap price. 
So what I was basically trying to do, um, I, 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 I was going to pursue a lot of these properties and a lot of more vacant land properties. Um, and I actually learned about a technique where, you know, if you can get these van, vacant land properties for, you know, just a crazy cheap price, you can actually make a lot of money on them. And the nice thing about land is that land has, you know, almost none of the hassles that most properties have. Um, I mean, you don't have to worry about, you know, people living in the property. You don't have to worry about things breaking down. Nobody can really steal anything. I mean, if you own a piece of land, you can just get up and, you know, forget about it for 10 years. And, you know, it's going to be no different than when you first bought it 10 years ago. So that really appealed to me, um, coupled with the fact that, you know, with this delinquent tax list, I could get them for really good prices. And I mean, when, when I say good prices, what I mean by that is, just an example, the first property I ever bought was it was like a half acre lot in a it was about an hour away uh, from you know my metro area and um, you know I made an offer to this person for three hundred bucks and they accepted my offer and I was able to buy the thing, close on it, and I sold it less than two weeks later for nineteen hundred bucks so not huge numbers. I mean, not, this is not like a big dollar amount thing, but, um, when I did that, I was like, man, that was crazy. Like, just like that, I made, you know, almost a couple thousand bucks and there was virtually no risk. I took out no loans, none of that. And kind of what I found was that you don't necessarily have to stay with those kinds of cheap properties. You can, there's plenty of properties out there that are vacant land that are worth a lot more than that. And you can follow that same kind of offer structure of offering, you know, a very, very small percentage of what this thing will actually sell for. Um, and, you know, I don't want to I don't want to give the idea that everybody's going to accept these offers because they won't. But I mean, if you it's kind of a numbers game. And if you do it enough, you'll find that a lot of people in time will accept them, um, even if they don't accept them immediately. Uh, you know, they may even come back to you a month or two months or three months later. But. There's just there was a lot of opportunity to get these vacant land properties for next to nothing with no loans. I mean, just using the the cash I had in my pocket. Um, it was just uh it ended up being a really awesome opportunity. When you go to the county treasurer and you ask for the delinquent tax list, mm-hmm. that sounds like that works in your area, um, because you can walk up to the county treasurer and ask for that. Um, but you, you you've mentioned to me um, before that you also invest in other states. How do you get that list when you're not physically there? Sure. Uh, I've actually never been physically there. Um, even in my own home state, all I'm doing is picking up the phone and calling the county treasurer and uh, just asking politely for it. And th- that, I mean, that whole topic, there's a lot to be said about that because some county treasurers are not going to be that easy to work with. Some of them you know, we'll just flat out won't give it to you or they just won't understand what you're talking about. You really have to spell it out for them. Um, and also whenever, whenever I bought these lists, uh, they're not free. I mean, you actually have to pay something for them. And I've seen prices of anywhere from one cent per parcel up to a buck 50 per parcel. So, I mean, some of these lists can just get ridiculous, ridiculously expensive. And in those cases, I usually don't, you know, I don't think I've ever paid more than, four or 500 bucks for one of these lists. So I do have a point at which I say, sorry, I'm not going to do that. Um, but just so you know, I mean, if you're asking for these lists, it's going to cost you something. And let's, let's touch on the 
the disadvantages of buying land because mm-hmm. with anything there's an opportunity cost, right? Absolutely. Um, some of and and how and I imagine and you've thought about all these disadvantages, so you figure out a way to mitigate the risk. One mm-hmm. is when you buy a piece of dirt, there's not a a structure on it, and mm-hmm. you're not getting immediate cash flow. Uh, the other that comes to mind is uh, environmental issues and getting any surveys done that are needed prior to closing. If you do that, or if you don't do that, um, and you know, because that could affect well it, the the value of the the land if something is uncovered, and then also zoning, how that factors into what you purchase. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think those are all great questions. Um, Regarding the cash flow, that's actually one of the biggest misconceptions about land, um, and that's why a lot of people don't get into it. And it actually it ends up being a really good bonus for me because, as a result of this general misconception, I I never ever come across competitors when I'm doing this. Like I've I can't think of a time that I've ever had to fight with another investor to get a deal. Usually, when I find these opportunities, it's just me, and the seller has no other option in their minds except for me. So, oh, good. I like where we're going now. Yeah, for sure. And that—that that was just a huge uh, breath of fresh air when I got into this because I was used to just like the polar opposite of never being able to get anything because any good deal had a dozen investors all over it. So, um, but w- when I say that about cash flow, one of the strategies that you can do with land, and one of the you know I've done it a number of times now. Um, say if there's a property, like for example, I've got a property right now in Alabama. Um, it is a 15 or 14 and a half acre parcel of land. It's in a pretty rural area. It's zoned residential. So there's really nothing I have to worry about with environmental. I don't have to worry about changing the zoning. I'm fine with it as it is. Um, but I paid 4,500 bucks for it approximately. And I'm selling it. I've actually got somebody looking at it right now. Who's given me a verbal offer for thirty nine thousand dollars for it? Um, and the nice thing about that is um, this person is actually going to be paying me with seller financing. So I'm only going to ask for them to pay me, you know, say six thousand bucks down and payments of a few hundred bucks over the next seven to ten years. So that actually is cash flow. And since I only paid forty five hundred bucks in the first place. Their six thousand dollars down is going to completely pay me off for everything I have into it. So, every single one of these payments I get for the next seven to ten years is pure profit. So, I mean, it, it essentially does become like a like a little rental property. And the nice thing is, you know, again, this is land, so there's nothing on it. There's nothing I have to worry about. There's no property management. And even if there was, this person owns it. It's not my problem anymore. They're the new owner. So. Makes sense. And yeah. the the only other disadvantage or perceived disadvantage, I'll say perceived now instead of disadvantage. <laughs> the only other perceived disadvantage that I can think of is tax advantages aren't as available with land as they are with structures because you don't have the depreciation. Is that the case? Yeah. No, thanks for bringing me back to that. There are certainly some a few disadvantages. I don't want to make it out like this is just – you know, nothing but candy land here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in terms of tax advantages, you can't write off depreciation on land. So there's that. Um, not that it's that big of a deal because you're getting these things with, you know, no loans and there's no cost really into it anyway. Um, I mean, a couple other disadvantages just to be aware of. 
Um, establishing what the market value is for any piece of land is surprisingly difficult. Um, and, and because of that difficulty, it can make the rest of the process harder because you never really know what you're dealing with. <laughs> and the, the reason vacant land is just generally difficult to value is because there's not a lot of comps on vacant land. Um, I'm just like the way a typical appraisal works is, you know, you look at the income approach, you know, the, 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 the market value approach, the, um, forget what the other one's called, basically it's like a rebuild the property approach kind of thing. And I mean, those don't really apply to land and it's, um, cause most land is, is not generally an income producing property that you rent out. Um, and it's just, it can be just kind of cumbersome to figure that out. So there are definitely ways that, that I've figured out, you know, how to, how to come up with a somewhat reliable number, but it's something that's kind of an art and a science to really understand the value of any property you're working with. Um, and also when you're trying to sell vacant land, it's, um, it's kind of a funny thing. Sometimes my properties sell within like a couple of weeks or a couple of days. And other times they just, it takes a long time for them to sell. Like I, Probably the longest I've ever had to sit on one is a little bit less than a year. Um, so it's not like it's forever, but um, I think in general there are fewer land buyers out there. So it's not necess necessarily like houses where you know you put a good deal on the market and there's going to be tons of people all over it. With land, it's like you kind of you're looking for a specific type of seller, and when you find them, they're usually going to gladly pay your asking price. But it's not like they're necessarily sitting on every corner. It's like you sort of have to go where they are and understand what they want and that kind of thing. So, Seth, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best advice, um, I would say it's probably, uh, I guess whenever you're evaluating a deal, like when you're running the numbers, I mean, whether you're buying, you know, a rental property or a piece of land or whatever that is, um, it would be to always challenge your assumptions and make them as conservative as possible. Um, I know just for example, I'm actually looking at buying a new duplex right now and it's just funny. The realtor that I'm working with, he's a, he's a great guy. He's really, he's good at bringing me deals and, and finding the right information and all that. But he always gives me these just in the sky numbers that really aren't realistic and I know they're not realistic. And if I just like took everything he told me as the gospel truth, I would really hurt myself bad. <laughs> you wouldn't be on this show, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's just you'd be a I mean, case. You'd be a case study of what not to do. <laughs> exactly, and it's just important to remember. I mean, what is he motivated by? He's motivated by selling this thing, not necessarily by you know getting me the best possible value for my money. I mean, that should be part of his motivation, but essentially, he's just looking at how do I get paid. And frankly, I don't blame him. You know, I mean, that's that's what he should be after, but. With that in mind, and by the way, I'm not trying to diss all realtors. I don't, I don't think they're all that way. I'm just saying this particular guy, I mean, if I just trusted him implicitly, I would have problems. <laughs> so essentially just, I mean, when you think you have the right inputs for your calculation, just ask, ask why do you say that and, you know, dig into it and understand, you know, where you're getting the numbers from and um, just, I guess I would just say, yeah, be really careful about that because your inputs determine everything on the back end. And if you've got the wrong information, you're going to be in trouble. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, I am. Best ever book you've read? Um, You know, I've read a number of really good books, but I would say as I look back on all of them, probably my, one of my favorite ones is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People uh, by Stephen Covey. And 
it's because have, have you ever read that book by the way that's one i have not read okay definitely check it out sometime but it's uh it is just chocked full of some huge lessons that can like just change the course of your life just the way you look at everything and it's the lessons are actually all when you think about it it's all kind of obvious stuff it's not like it's you know something that shouldn't have already occurred to you but for some reason or another a lot of us just don't look at the world that way and it's it's really helped me a lot to just you know just really kind of handle my my life and my business uh in a way that's I think wiser than if I hadn't read that. So it's a great book. Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it. Sure. Well, I have quite a few of them. Um, and usually I've found that the level of growth for me is like directly proportionate to the level of pain and humiliation that I've experienced in the process. So I mean, usually, I mean, when I've been the most embarrassed, the most hurt or humiliated in life, that's when I learn the most. Um, and I'll just, I'll give you one example. Um, when I was, when I was a brand new land investor, my first year doing this, just trying to figure out what I was doing. I was really excited to just buy any and every deal I came across. I just wanted to do things. And I, it was kind of before I had nailed down my due diligence process and this is going to sound like a really dumb error because it was, but I, I bought a piece of land and I didn't fully understand where it was. Like I didn't know, you know, geographically where it was located and where the property lines were and all of that, which is, is very important when you're buying vacant land. <laughs> <Yeah>. And obviously. <laughs> what, about, and, what about Google Earth? <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, Google Earth is not the is not the whole story because you have to know where the actual parcel lines are. Well, yeah, I know, but that gives you a general idea of where it is. Yes, yes, it does. And the other thing, this particular property did not have a physical address, which you'll actually find if you get into land investing. A lot of vacant land properties don't have an address, um, which can make it you know, a little bit harder to locate where they're at. But long story short, I had actually – I bought this property – uh, and I found a buyer for it and I was going to go meet the buyer out at the property. And it wasn't until I actually got there and I was holding, you know, a map in my hand that I realized, oh my gosh, this is not even the property that I'm selling. <laughs> it was, I was just like beside myself. I didn't even know what to do. I felt like such a moron. <laughs> and, uh, and I guess rightfully so, cause I really didn't know what I was doing. And, um, luckily I had only paid 300 bucks for this particular property. And it was, it was not the end of the world for me, which is part of what I, I love about land investing is that you're never really totally, you know, in trouble with anything if you really mess up. But, but eventually I ended up figuring out where the actual property was located and it was not where I thought it was. Um, and I, it was, it was in a really odd location. It was very, very difficult to sell. And I ended up just giving it away to the person who lived next door. I literally just wrote the deed over to him for free. Um, and it was just, it was obviously, I've never made that mistake again. And it's just one of those things where it's like, those moments really hurt. But man, you, you learn so well <laughs> through those kinds of experiences. I mean, there's just, there's no better way. So what specifically do you do now to guard against that? Uh, well, there's, there's actually a number of different tools that I use, um, there's a parcel mapping system called Agent Pro 24-7 uh, that basically has – it shows you the parcel lines of any property in the country. Um, every county also has – or most counties 
also have what's called a GIS mapping system that shows you like to the T where a property is located. There's also Google Earth and there, there's a number of different resources out there, but those are basically just steps that I wasn't going through because I didn't even know about them in the, in the beginning. I was just kind of just uh, taking the shotgun approach and anything that moved, I'm like, yes, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it <laughs> without really thinking it through and knowing what I was doing. Best ever success habit you practice. And I imagine it's one of the seven from the book that you already referenced. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if this actually is in there. Come to think of it. Um, the one that I had in mind was, um, I, I'm not afraid to pay people for the things that I know I can't do. Um, and just one example of this, uh, property management. Um, you know, I've got a couple of rental properties right now. I'm hoping to buy many, many more over the years. But when I first got into that, I, I knew from the very beginning, I don't ever want to deal with tenant stuff. I mean, we've all heard the nightmares and how terrible it can be to be a landlord. I don't want to go there. You know, <laughs> I just, I want somebody who knows what they're doing to handle this. And so I, I got a property management company and, you know, they are more than worth the cost that I have to pay them each month. I'd, I'd probably pay them more if they asked me to. Um, and that's, that's just one example. It's kind of like, it's the same reason I don't, it's the same reason I bring my car to a mechanic is because I don't know what I'm doing. You know, there's, there's no point in me thinking that I have to know it all because it's just impossible. There's no way you can know everything. So I just, I've learned to identify which things I'm incompetent at and I very quickly find somebody who can do it a lot better than I can. Best ever deal you've done? Uh, the best deal I've done, um, probably the one, uh, it was a couple of years ago now. Uh, it was up in northern Michigan and there was a property. It was 12 acres and it was right on Lake Huron and it had 456 feet of beach frontage. And I bought the thing. Guess how much I paid for the thing? 30 cents. Oh, shoot. Well, I'm going to disappoint you then. <laughs> I, I paid 4500 bucks for that one. Um, and that was uh, – I, I ended up turning that one around and selling it about – I think it was about three months later for 45000 bucks. Wow. And, and mind you, this was at the – probably one of the lowest points in the worst recession in the worst state of the country. So, I mean, this is like – I mean, Michigan was just not a place you want anybody wanted to be for the most part. Um, and I, I still was able to do that kind of deal and make that kind of money. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just kind of goes to show if that's, you know, if that's the best you can do in the worst of times, just imagine how much better it can be when everything is kind of working in your favor. So how'd you find that deal? Uh, that was from a direct mail campaign that I had done to that particular County. And, uh, yeah, the, the, it was basically a lady who she and her husband had bought that property and, um, they went through a really nasty divorce and she just had a lot of terrible memories associated with that place. And she, she kind of knew this is worth a heck of a lot more than I'm selling it for, but I just want this out of my life. This is just painful. Just take it. And that was, yeah. I mean, it's not like there was any animosity between me and her. She was, she was grateful that I found her and helped her out. And yeah, that's just an example of what you can do. The best ever quote. Uh, I have a lot of these as well. I actually collect quotes <laughs> because I, I just kind of like them. But, you, uh, you, one of my friends, she has an app called Quotiful. And oh, okay. it's a free app and you can 
actually get access to all sorts of inspirational quotes with like huh. images and stuff. So you'd probably like that. Yeah, I'll, so that's called Quotify. Quotiful, Q U O T I F U L. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. It sounds cool. Well, uh, the one that comes to mind uh, is from a guy named Francis Chan, and he says, "Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter." And when I first heard that, it was just kind of like, "Whoa!" I'm like that kind of blew my mind because. I think a lot of people spend a lot of time, myself included, just really chasing after things that they're not going to matter tomorrow or they're not going to matter in a year or 10 years or, you know, after you're gone. It's like, like, what am I spending all of my life doing? You know, is it going to have any value for the world or is it just to kind of satisfy my, you know, my immediate desires? And that kind of quote just reminds me, it's like, make sure there's like, you know, an overall point to what you're doing. Like, make sure it matters. Um, and if it doesn't, then start making some cha- some changes. What's the best ever place to reach you? Uh, probably over at the, the RE Tipster blog. That's kind of where I spend a lot of time these days. Uh, I've got a contact page there, and uh, you can also you know leave a comment on any anything you see there. I try to respond every time every time a comment comes through. So that's probably the best place. All right. Well, thank you so much, Seth, for sharing this land investing advice with yeah, the best absolutely. ever listeners, and then you know mixing in your advice on you know, always challenging your assumptions and being as conservative as possible, and then um, also making sure you know exactly where the property is located that you're buying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't, if you don't take away anything else, just remember that, please. <laughs> don't go through the pain I experienced. <laughs> Uh, No, I really appreciate you having me, Joe. Yeah, it's so great to hear from people like you who are completely candid about your experiences and what you learned from them because if if somebody doesn't have a story similar to that, then they haven't been doing it long enough. Um, So I I appreciate that, and uh, thanks a lot for sharing your insight, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Joe. Bye. See ya. Hey you, best ever listener, do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe. 